Good day to all the saints around the world. This is Pastor Larry Sparrow coming to you from Sunshine State, Florida. Welcome to this edition of Voices for the week of September, which is the week of the seminar. I'm looking forward to what God is ready to do with us during this unusual time. And you know, I'm thinking that our virtual presence is just one step closer to being beamed over through a transporter. I can hardly wait. <laughs> well, today I want to talk to you about house building. The Bible is full of illustrations and references to the work of building a house. But there is one passage in Hebrews that caught my spiritual eye. Hey, can you guys hold it down? I'm trying to talk here. Thanks, that's much better. Now what I was saying is that the book of Hebrews has this passage about building that caught my eye. Now scholars aren't sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. They think it might be Apollos or Barnabas. But since A comes before B, I'm going to go with Apollos. You know, buying a house can be very stressful. It's a venture that will tax your thinking. But building your own home will be even more of a venture. Building a house has and will always continue to be a significant event. In fact, the process of building in the natural is very similar to the spiritual work of becoming the place where the Holy Spirit abides. In the natural, when building a home, you will need a permit from the county in which you live. You will need plans and a builder to do the work and a company who will deliver all the materials you will need to finish the house. God is one who issues the permit, if you will. Jesus is the one who designs, and the Holy Spirit supplies the materials. So that leaves us to be the ones doing all the labor and hard construction. But that's what we're here for, isn't it? Now, in the third chapter of Hebrews, Apollos talks of this concept of building as he warns and encourages fellow Christians. Let's read verses 1 through 6 of the third chapter of Hebrews. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house, for this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that buildeth all things is God. And Moses, verily, was faithful in all his house, as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So the first thing that the writer has established is the identity of who he is talking to. He's addressing 
them as holy brethren, which means that these guys are saints and so know the spiritual unity that makes them closer than their earthly family. Being holy brethren, they are partakers of the heavenly calling. They are the Hagios family, begotten by the Spirit of God. They were intercessors who heard the voice of the Father and prophetically functioned in the things of the Spirit. This is so who we all have become today. Each of us have this family tie through the Spirit that makes us closer than brothers or sisters. And it is an amazing unity that nothing else can bring. So Apollos was asking these fully devoted brethren to consider or observe fully the Apostle Jesus. He is asking them to look at him as the one who had been set apart and set out from the throne of God on behalf of something never done before. He asked them to think of Jesus as an ambassador for the purpose of the heart of the Father, and who was greater and more deserving of glory than Moses. This was the highest level of authority that Apollos could use to set Jesus apart from any other prophet, especially Moses. With this in mind, he wanted them to see that they were the house that Jesus owned, and so the bearers of greater glory than they had with Moses. As awesome of a dude as Moses was, Jesus was more deserving of honor because though Moses was verily faithful in all his house, he was only a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken from the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus, however, spoke as the Son, the one who owned the house, and he continues to speak to his house in this way of ownership, and we are this house. This means that we, his house, are giving him glory. We are a testimony to the craftsmanship of his perfect building style We are to function in this craftsmanship of his building. We have to hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. When we hold fast, we are holding something down that keeps it in place. Confidence is what we are holding down. Confidence is something we gain from being sure of something. And when we are sure of something, we can speak boldly And to the point, no beating around the bush, we speak this sure truth of the Logos. We are holding in place our ability to speak boldly because we know truth. And it has set us free, free from doubt. And this is what the house of Jesus is about. This is what we are about. We are a place of truth. We are his house of truth that rejoices in the hope that is firm unto the end. Our hope is what is stable and not wavering. This hope is the foundation of our rejoicing. We are rejoicing in being the house of truth of Jesus. And the Spirit of God is residing in us. Jesus, as our owner, requires us to function as he designed us. 
or we will stop being the place that he claims. Jesus is claiming us as his house before the throne of God. This is our true identity. This is the focus of his intercession day and night at the right hand of the throne of God. So here's the bottom line. As we consider the apostolic nature of Jesus as the owner of us as a house that is giving him all honor and all glory for his skill in the craft of perfect building, we want to continually submit to the next addition he wants to have us build. This conference coming up next week is going to be some significant material that God is delivering to us. We are going to have to hold fast to it so that it will be built into our framework of how Jesus is expanding us. This expansion is to fulfill a greater measure of God's eternal plan. We have been called to be the house that Jesus bought and paid for with his blood. We are covered by his blood as the holy ones. We are responsible for this construction. Only when we build by the permit of God on the rock and use the materials the Spirit provides will we be giving glory to the owner who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is my message in a bold way for, to all of us. Be sure to take delivery of the most valuable materials that are coming to us in this coming saints virtual gathering. This is a unique time that will present unique challenges for our comprehension of what God is opening up to us and giving us. So I'm encouraging all of us to make every effort to overcome the distractions of being at a different place other than with the saints in Dallas. Prepare your surroundings so nothing stops you from getting all the material the Spirit is delivering. Pray for the saints daily that our virtual time will be guarded and not lost or overcome by urgencies and emergencies. If at all possible, resist the temptation to catch the teaching on the archive at a later date. <laughs> there is a significant synergy generated between us as saints when we all receive together at the same time. There is no difference, you know, for God not even a time delay. So our best effort will be honored in this way. I'm excited about how this is all going to come about. Whatever happens, I know this is a new thing that is permitted through the Father, delivered by the Holy Spirit, and owned by Jesus. We are the builders building in unity. Amen? Well, thank you for listening, and I will see you on Zoom. God bless. Be sure to measure twice and cut once. God bless. Bye-bye now.